and welcome to episode number three of the J Bear Podcast. Recording this one at night, going to be uploaded here in just a few moments. My first time I've had a guest here in the J Bear Podcast show. I'm joined by my wonderful dear friend from college, from just up the road in North Vernon, Mr. Taylor Shaw. Taylor, hello. How's it going? How you doing, buddy? I'm doing awesome, man. How are you doing? I'm doing really wonderful. So how we kind of got started is you listened to my first one. I and, did. And then, what did you think about it, the first one? No, I liked it, man. I, I liked it a lot. You covered a lot of, you know, you didn't lean on your bias. I know you're a Kentucky fan, mm-hmm. but you went ahead. You covered Purdue, IU, Louisville, trash. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, you, you covered... <laughs> Everyone involved, um, it, it was good to hear that, you know, and, you know, and, and then the sports. I mean, you hit basketball, you hit football, um, you know, it, it was really cool. I, I liked your opinions. I liked what you said about a lot of stuff, and it was just kind of cool to hear, actually, someone, you know, local, you know, mm-hmm. you get on podcasts and you hear dockage and people like yeah, that. It's, dockage, it's part of my take in New York. It's, you know, <laughs> I mean, it, it's, yeah, you know, someone local. It was really mm-hmm. cool. Well, and, you know, it was something like that. Like I said, um, my, my buddy Rob, who is the public address announcer for Hanover College Basketball, he's the afternoon host of WRX with me. He's the one that kind of gave me the idea. He said, have you ever thought about doing a podcast? And I'd always wanted to do one, so I thought I'd try it out. And I loved it. I loved making it. Uh, I put episode number two up. I covered, again, a variety of things. And then you got a hold of me. You said you really liked it. And immediately when you said, I, I'd love to do, you know, get on maybe talk about soccer. I said, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, and beca- because, you know, there's a lot to talk about in the soccer world that I don't think it's covered enough. People don't forget, we got the World Cup coming up in just a couple of months. Oh, I so, can't wait. Um, can't wait. I, we'll, we'll get more into that in just a little <laughs> while. So that is mainly what this podcast is going to be about today. Uh, Taylor and I are going to be talking about uh, soccer and everything. Uh, mainly, you know, U.S. soccer a lot. Uh, kind of what happened. Uh, in this past uh, round of qualifying, how they didn't make it, what the future holds, what needs to be changed, what we thought of the presidential election, uh, some stuff that we think could change MLS. We'll touch on USL a little bit. Um, Indy 11 making a couple changes this year um, that I think are kind of interesting. We'll talk about that a little later on. Yeah, real big changes. I think they're positive, though. Um, And we'll talk about that a little later on. And um, and then we'll close it out. We'll uh, have Jay Bear's quota question, a few questions that I have that should be fun to answer. And I have a feeling if he wants to make his wife happy, he better answer these questions. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, hi, Kelsey, if you're listening. Um, so let's get started. So, Taylor, you love soccer. I've known you love soccer. You, you know I love soccer. I referee, uh, I've refereed high school soccer for over 10 years now. I started collegiate soccer last year. But talk about your background with soccer, how you fell in love with it, and you know what made you get so into it. You know, it's it's not really a, uh, I would say, mainstream way. You, you think, you know, you play the game um, all your life and, you know, you get into a little coaching of the youth and um, and then you just become a fan. It, it wasn't that for me at all. Mm-hmm. I was a baseball player. I was a football player, played a little football in college. Mm-hmm. Um you know, and never really had an interest in soccer, but it was this one random break. We were on break. Um, was this when you were at Hanover? Yes. Okay. Yes. And so I, it was early though. Okay. So, you know, freshman year. Okay. And so I go home and it's late at night, you know, nothing on TV really. Mm-hmm. And I just so happened to find this 
soccer game on, mm. and it was MLS. And I honestly, I think it was like Vancouver, Chicago. The the hip. That's just a guess. White, I, I white, white caps in the fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it, that may not be exact, but I think Close that those were the teams. <laughs> but as I was watching, I like found myself so intrigued, mm-hmm. and so I remember like one of the teams scored, and then the other team answered. You know, in like the 80th, mm-hmm. and the other team scored again, answer again, and we're in the 90th. And so it's like 3-3 and, you know, somebody scored and, you know, extra time. And I was like, holy shit, mm-hmm. what have I been missing? Like, <laughs> this is awesome to watch, right? It like, is. Like, it was crazy. I was like, how have I not watched this before? Mm-hmm. And so then I, I got into FIFA. And that's awesome. Isn't it? I mean, it, it's insane. I fell in love with that video game and <laughs> I still play it to this day. <laughs> like I'm probably gonna go. Home I, and play think, it I think I think because our sophomore year we lived on the same floor together. That's how you and I got, got to know each other at first. Was we lived right. on the same floor together our sophomore year, and I think we played a few games in your room. Yeah, absolutely. Nights. I mean, it. And so I, from that game, it really got me into studying the game. I watch it every weekend. I wake up early for it. <laughs> I mean, I'm a. <laughs> I wake up, drink mimosas, you know, <laughs> drink some bloodies. Fuck me, dude. So yeah, I mean. It's a good time, and I'm a I'm a paid member of the American Outlaws, the supporter section, you know, well, for U.S. soccer. For, for what? Out of what city? Uh, Indianapolis. Indianapolis, okay. Yeah, and so it's a bar up there in Indy. You know, everybody goes to. I've been to a couple times. Um, it's really cool, and you know, I I just really enjoy watching the game, and it's kind of cool never playing it, honestly, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> because I watch football and I'm so like critical. I'm like, no, that's wrong. Do this this way. Do this that way. With soccer, I'm just like, this is beautiful. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, 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 and the thing with me is I played when I was younger. Um, and soccer, you know, for me growing up, soccer was huge in this area. We have had three very successful programs mm-hmm. uh, in, the pa- in the past. Let's see. We're now going on six seasons. Either Shaw or Southwestern have won sectional titles. Right. And Madison had won at one time five in a row back when it was single class. In fact, there was a couple years Jennings County was in our sectional because there, there was one year we actually beat them in the sectional at, over at Madison. Yeah. And, um, but I always loved going. But one thing that got me into it was I started refing when I was in eighth grade because I always wanted to be an official. And originally I thought I wanted to be basketball and baseball. For the record, you couldn't pay me enough to be a basketball official. You, you genuinely... It's got to be the worst job. The that, 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 genuinely, <laughs> like, how in the hell those NBA refs do it? I mean, I guess when you're making 300 right. grand a year, it must right. be nice, but... So I started repping it in, at JCSA. Well, then I did that for many years, and I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Like, it wasn't even about the pay. The pay was okay. I mean, the pay was fine, but I just loved doing it. I just had so much fun doing it. And then when I got my senior year, uh, John Kolb, who was the head coach of Shaw Memorial for their girls' basketball at the time, um, he said, Jordan, why don't you get your IHSA license? So as soon as I could, I got my IHSA license um, after my senior year of high school. And all through college, I did IHSA soccer. My very first game I ever got was a girls soccer game out at Southwestern. Tom Scroggins heard that I was getting my license, and he said, Jordan, as soon as you pass your test, you you come talk to me. And um, he did that, and so I've been super busy. I've been fortunate enough to go to regionals twice to referee two regional championships. I have been blessed enough this past year to do collegiate repping where I was able to work the Great Lakes Valley Conference Tournament, which is Division Two. I get to do, uh, in a couple weeks, I get to go ref a Western Kentucky game. Um, 
And to me, me refing it is what gets it. But one thing that has got me though, and you kind of you like you said, it's a beautiful game. One thing that watching soccer has done to me, especially refing it, I can't be critical of officials hardly at all anymore in soccer oh, yeah. because I'm just like, hey, I, I, I've been there. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> so really, we kind of had two odd backgrounds of how we got into soccer, but we have to admit we've loved it ever since. And yeah. even my, even my dad, my dad has fallen in love with it. My parents, everyone hated it. My little brother uh, played it growing up. Uh, he is now the soccer manager out at Hanover College for their men's program. I'm awesome. starting to see a trend in my family of managers <laughs> at Hanover. Um, but, you know, he loves it. And he was actually really scored the game-winning goal in sectional his senior year, which was one of the proudest moments of my life. And it, it really is just a great game and how much it's grown in the state. I mean, think about this. The IHSA, when you and I were in school, because you graduated 2010, right? Yep. From, okay, so, so that's the same year, same year with me. Back when you and I were in school, IHSA only had one class. In soccer, it was, only, it was only single class soccer. Now it's up to three classes. Mm-hmm. That's crazy to think about, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it, I don't know much, obviously, about you know high school soccer. Sure. You're way more educated sure, there than sure. me, but I mean, it it just goes to show how many kids are playing, mm-hmm. and especially in the area of you know Southern Indiana. Mm-hmm. I mean, it it really has blown up not only here, but I, you see it. All over the country. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can go down into football country in the South. Oh yeah, and you will find soccer being yep, played. Absolutely, which is something I thought would never happen, but it's awesome. But and and it's awesome. The MLS is growing. It's getting better and better. Huh. It, it, it is so. It is so awesome. Who's your favorite MLS team? Uh favorite MLS. I'm a, a Boston lover. Okay. <laughs> so you're a Revolution fan. New England Revolution all the way. Yes, sir. You're not a Patriots fan. Uh, you know, I, <laughs> it's hard to hate them. Good Lord. <laughs> They're so damn good. Really, it's not, cause I don't find it difficult at all, actually. I, I, I really don't find it difficult, to be honest. With you. So, well, uh, you would like Rob, our afternoon host. He's a huge Red Sox fan. Yep. So, yep. And I saw earlier this year you and Kelsey got to go to a Red Sox game, correct? How was oh, that? How was that at Fenway? Uh, you know, they talk about the historicals, right? Mm-hmm. The, the Fenways, the Wrigleys. Yep. Oh, my gosh. It, it was. Uh, well, not only was I there at Fenway, but it was Red Sox Yankees. <laughs> you know, so I was in the heat of the moment, the the rivalry. I was at Fenway, man. It was a 16 inning game. I didn't leave my seat. <laughs> no way we were leaving early. Um, it, it was one of the, honestly, it was one of the coolest experiences okay. in my fan life. Sure. All right. So let's get into U.S. soccer now. Uh, obviously, U.S. is not going to be participating in this World Cup. You and I had a heated discussion on Facebook not long after that happened because I was, I said some very, very bad things about the team. I, I said, I, I think I remember I said something like, like, I never want to watch this team again. This team is pathetic. And you kind of called me out and said, hey, dude, you need to calm down. Like, keep supporting them, <laughs> shit like that, which I, I agree with you. It's just, it, it was like, I've never been so furious in my life. Like, I've seen Kentucky lose in a Final Four. I've seen Kentucky lose in a national championship. I've seen the Colts lose in the Super Bowl. I've seen the Reds lose in the playoffs. But I've never been more furious in my life than when we missed that World Cup. It was, in my soccer fandom, sure. It was the like most depressing day of oh. all. Um, and I gotta tell you, I'm lucky. that I got married in October (laughs) because it would have been absolutely just a shit of a month. (laughs) But 
the, the marriage and the wedding saved it for me. I didn't have to think about the U.S. not qualifying for the World Cup. It was, um, but like seriously, it, it was such a disappointment because there's absolutely no reason we should not qualify in CONCACAF. I mean, it was, to me, let's look at the whole qualifying period. You and I were at the USA-Mexico game in yes. Columbus. You and I were both there. Gave that game up. We, we, we should have won that game. We let Mexico score, like, what, a minute and a half left? I, it was 85-plus. I mean, it, it, was, it, it was, to me, when that happened, I got worried when I saw that game. And then we went down to, was it Honduras after that? And I think it was Honduras after that, and we got show No, Costa Rica. Costa Rica. And we got shellacked. And as soon as that happened, I know, I don't know about you, I said, got to make a change in coaching. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Klinsman did great things for this team and sure. for U.S. soccer. I really think he did. But there was a little inside information I kind of gathered on Twitter during that uh, Columbus, USA, Mexico game. Mm-hmm. Um, Klinsman came out in a 3-5-2. Um, very progressive formation, mind you, which, you know, you kind of like the attitude. You're like, all right, let's play some attacking soccer. Let's get after it. Let's bury Mexico. Apparently in the middle of the game after halftime, a little after halftime, Michael Bradley, who played awful that game, mind you, huddled. Well, right. He (laughs) didn't like the three, five, two. No. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but now it's kind of funny. He he plays a three five two at Toronto and succeeds at it, which mm. is whatever. But um, <laughs> Michael Bradley got the team together in a group and changed the formation without te- without getting the okay from Klinsman. Like did it without getting the okay from the coach. Wow. So when I heard that, I don't care if you're Bobby Knight, if you're Coach K. Your coach Cal, when you lose the trust of your players, there's no going back. Nope. And like I said, he did great things. And I think Michael Bradley changing from the 352, it wasn't that he didn't like the 352. He didn't like the 352 for that team. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. So it changing though and, and, and not telling your coach, it it just blew my mind. I was like, okay, that's where they're at. The trust wasn't there. They didn't want to play what he believed in, and when that happens, you're done, yep. and you gotta you gotta go elsewhere. And you know, I, I didn't mind the Bruce Arena hire after that because you know they got a couple wins. They won the Gold Cup, which was a thrilling, thrilling tournament. I thought that really, I thought got the fans fired up after we won the Gold Cup. Then we get to the later stages of it, where we tie Panama, we. Uh, we beat Jamaica at home. We crushed Panama at home. Then all we have to fucking do is get a tie at Trinidad and Tobago. Yeah. And was it Omar Gonzalez, I think, put in an own goal immediately when that and when that happened, I said, uh oh. I, I I we were I knew we were in trouble when that happened. Well, let, let's let's backtrack to the Bruce Arena high yeah. for a second. Sure, please. Um it was the right move. It really was because at that time in that crucial crucial situation, mm-hmm. 
there was no other guy for the job. No. Um, you weren't going to go out and find your permanent fix. You had to make a fix to say, qualify. Yep. And Bruce Arena has been there. So maybe there's only one other dude and that's Bob Bradley. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like, those are your two options. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, when you went with Bruce, his job was, Hey, it doesn't matter what you got to do. Mm-hmm. Just qualify. Yeah. And so it was the right hire, but going down to Trinidad and Tobago, oh. it just didn't look right. And I know that sounds just so a general statement, but the effort really wasn't quite there. And, and I don't even know if it was like caring effort. They cared, but it's like they just didn't understand the situation. Uh, they, they looked like they were just like, oh, we can do this. And, we, you know, they looked like they could just walk over Trinidad. And then, they got, then they were down 2-0. Yeah, and that, that absolute firecracker of a shot. That was a hell of a shot. Oh, my God. I mean, that's world class, honestly. But when that went in, that's when I knew. Mm-hmm. That's when I said, it's over. <laughs> we're not going. Well, and, and I got hope up when right out of the second half, uh, uh, scored the the uh, scored the goal. Who scored our, the first goal? Real like just a couple minutes into the second half. Uh, uh, it was Pulisic. Pulisic. I thought it was. I didn't know if it was him or Morris. I thought, but Pulisic scored immediately. And I thought when he did that so quickly, I thought okay, got a little hope. But then as the half went on, I said nope. Yeah, I mean you saw them. They picked up. They really mm-hmm. did. Um, but it just fell off, and you know I. It's it's really easy, you know, to blame those players, to blame the coach, to blame the president, and it really does. I mean, it makes sense to do so, but there's actually a little more to the story um, of why maybe this happened. Okay. So, and and this is kind of a theory I have that maybe has slipped out of you know mainstream media mouths sure. around this country. Sure. Is you got to think about the Olympics. The Olympics is a under-23 tournament. For the men, yes. For the men, yes. Very important note there. And um, we have had the Michael Bradleys, the Clint Dempsey's, uh, the Jeff Camerons. Omar Gonzalez. Omar, Matt Beasler, that old guard. They've been there since around their 22, 23-year-old. 05, 06. Right. So they're like around that 23, 22 time frame. Their age is when they got really involved, you know, in in our national team. So now they're all 30, 31, which do the math, that's about an eight-year time frame. We haven't qualified for the Olympics the past two cycles. Mm-hmm. Again, do the math. Four years. Twice. That's eight years. So what really has happened is we haven't qualified for the under-23 Olympic tournament mm-hmm. for two cycles. Those players who should be pushing our old guard and not maybe pushing them out of a spot, but pushing them in terms of, you know, competition, in terms of earning their spot, Mm -hmm. those players aren't there. So we have literally an eight to 10 year gap 
in our player pool right now. Yeah. Because think about it. Christian Pulis, 618. And then our second best player is probably, you know, Michael Bradley at 2830. There's a 10-player gap, 10-year yeah. gap there yeah. in our player pool. It's just empty. Yeah. No, it is. I mean, you have some young talent. You have Pulisic, who, for the record, I think is going to end up being one of the top 10 players in the world. Absolutely. I, I really do. I think he's got, I mean, he, he is that good. I think Jordan Morris is very underrated. He has games where he looks really good, but then he has games where you're like, uh, I don't know. Bobby, youth. Yeah, Bobby Wood, I think, is very good. Um, the question is, what about, and you, we're talking about older players. What about Timmy Howard? You know, Timmy Howard's done so much for the team. Uh, he's still, he still was really good, but is it time for Timmy Howard to hang it up, do you think? Tim, it's an interesting situation for him. I, you know, you, I don't like being the whole, well, you're old, you're done. Tim is going to have a spot on this team as long as Tim wants one. Right. And I say that because I don't think Tim can say, this is my starting spot and I'm going to play every game. Mm-hmm. But what Tim can do is accept the role as a role model and a teacher. Um, Currently, right now, we do have some good-looking goalkeepers. Klinsman, who is in uh, the Bundesliga right now. Mm-hmm. Zach Steffen has impressed me for Columbus. Uh, Ethan Horvath uh, has impressed me. Um, Bill Hamid is a very good goalkeeper okay. who is around 25. But you have this core group of players who are going to get their shot. And Tim's going to be in the team. And he may start, and he may not. But I believe Tim is the type of person who can accept a role as, all right, my time is dwindling. Let me be a coach now and a player at the same time. Like a mentor, in a sense. Be a mentor. And really kind of fade it out instead of just being like, boom, done. You know, and I agree with you there. I I think there are a lot of players that need to take that role. Um, because we have to make a youth movement. You look at all the teams that are consistently in it every year. You, you have some that have the consistent older players, but very few of those players stick around for a long time. You'll have your Ronaldo's and Lionel Messi, but those are two world-class players. I you mean, can't touch them. I, I, mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, exactly. It's like, what the fuck? Like, you, you, th- those, two are, th- those two are just unbelievable. But all the other teams, they have young talent every single year. Yep. So let's look at the three main guys we have. Pulisic, Wood, and more. So those are three really young guys right there. What other up-and-coming youth players do we have that we will need to really step up? Because don't forget, after this summer, we've got the Gold Cup again next summer. And if we win the Gold Cup next summer, we go to the Confederations Cup. True. So what, what needs to happen there? Well, I mean, so I see you're, you're kind of going into the direction of the future here. Yeah, because well, um, we have to. We don't have a choice. I mean, right, right, right. Absolutely. The I think the future of U.S. soccer is actually pretty bright. Okay. Which at this time, I mean, it's really like, what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> I know. You're like, what the hell are you two talking about? <laughs> no, but I, I really do think we have a strong player pool, and you you named off, you know, plenty there. Pulisic, Wood, Morris, a really good example. You got DeAndre Yellen, who's still 22, 23, playing in you know the English Premier League. Yep. You got John Anthony Brooks in the Bundesliga. Josh Sargent, not getting a lot of coverage because the not a lot of people know him. Um, in the Bundesliga right now with Werder Bremen, 
at wow. the age of 17. Okay. Um, Weston McKinney getting first team minutes with Schalke, a wow. phenomenal Bundesliga team. Wow. Um, who came on for the United States against Portugal mm-hmm. and scored a debut goal. Um, our player pool is really promising, but we have to, and we have to make sure we do this. We have to get more of our population involved. And kind of where I'm going with that is we don't really use our population and our diversity to our advantage. I agree. It's almost like a disadvantage for us because we have so many other, there are so many other options that kids go to these days and like in college kids and everyone, they want to play basketball, football, track and field, name it. Yeah. And and right now I think it's a good way to look at it. So if you look at our player pool, look at it as an umbrella, kind of like focusing on a very small fraction of our player pool. Okay. It's very difficult to make it to a senior team level. Mm. Um, we need to take our umbrella and we need to turn it into a freaking circus tent. We have to make the game affordable. We have to get our diverse population involved in the game. Mm-hmm. We and you saw a prime example of it with losing Jonathan Gonzalez, a best eleven Liga MX MX player um, in Mexico he, right he, now. He, 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 went, he chose Mexico over the United States. Best eleven player as a eighteen year old. He was in our system, but slipped through the cracks. He wasn't getting the attention from U.S. Soccer. That umbrella did not cover him. Right. We have to expand that. And we have to use our diversity and our population to our advantage because there's no way we should be losing players. No. No. No there, way. There's absolutely not because we have so many people that want to come here and want to be a part of the United States. And, you know, I hear so – I had uh, a few several friends in high school that were Hispanic and they played soccer here and they found love for the U.S. team. Like they said, I would play for them if I had an option. That's what we need more of, and we can talk about various reasons why stuff is going on, which I don't really want to get particularly get into. But it is something that we, the U.S. Soccer Federation, has to do because we can't keep losing players like him because that's just gonna because we're never gonna be able to get over the hump if we keep doing that. Right, and he was such he was phenomenal, a crucial loss. He really was. Um, but you know. It, not focusing on him so much, but the, the future does look bright. And there is, you know, a, a little story that I like to call my silver lining, you know. Sure. With this whole debacle. Yeah. Is uh, Germany in the year 2000 did not qualify for the Euros. No. They went through a program called Das Reboot, mm-hmm. which was the Bundesliga and the German soccer football association coming together as one and they made it clear they had to change things they had to restructure they had to reform that was the year 2000 14 years later 14 years later what do they do they win the world they cup they win the world cup and they have the most consistent amazing players on their national team their national team is like a club team yep you can pick an unbelievable player off their bench and they'll start for any other country yep um so it 
you, you take that into consideration. You take our player pool and you say, you know what? Yes, it sucks. But with great misery comes a time to turn it into a teaching lesson. So what are we going to do? And it's a good time to think we can move forward. We can make changes. We can reform. We can restructure. Sure. And I think we will. Um, we'll get to the presidential election in a minute. Um, right now, the United States is still without a permanent head coach. True. Who on your radar do you think would be a good head coach for the United States men's team? Oh, man. There's honestly so many names out there, really. And, and I think it is important to note with this new presidential election, which we will get there, but I, I do think it's important to note, is that under this new regime, there will be a GM. A GM role for the women and men's side now. Awesome. Which is awesome. It is. Because they're going to take a lot of the pressure off the president to worry about soccer, you know, relations. Mm -hmm. Put it on the GM. Which is, duh. (laughs) No kidding. That's what a GM is for. (laughs) So, first, what they have to do, they got their president. They got to get their general manager. And then they hire their head coach. Okay. Now, names. Um, we have a very successful, um, English Premier League coach who is German and American by the name of David Wagner. Wagner, if you want to speak American. (laughs) There you go. Um, David Wagner is the coach of Huddersfield. Um, he was coaching with Jurgen Klopp, one of the primetime coaches in soccer right now. Mm -hmm. Um, So he's of his system. Um, He could be a candidate with his American ties. I know some people may shy away from that, from the last German influence we had, right? It, you know, here or there, whatever. whatever. So there's one name. Um, You got Caleb Porter, who was uh, an IU guy, um, went to Portland, Okay. Um, and I say, oh, you guy, he was there for a very small amount of time. He made his name at Akron. Okay. Built an absolute powerhouse of a college yeah. program. Yeah, Akron. it is. It really DeAndre is. DeAndre Yedlin went there. Mm-hmm. Um, Darlington Nagby went there. Oh, I didn't know Nagby went there. Yeah. And uh, and then he went to Portland. Mm-hmm. Uh, was there for six years. Had a very successful year. And what's kind of odd about Caleb Porter is he, very randomly, without any inkling, Step down from the Portland Timbers job. Huh. Out of nowhere. And the reasons was he wanted a break from soccer. Around the same time that Bruce Arena left the job. Right. And the same time that Sunio Gelati stepped down as well. Yes. So there's that kind of like, hmm, is Mm. he our guy? I would love Caleb Porter to be the manager. I think he's great. He's got a, <laughs> I don't even know how to say this, kind of that asshole attitude. Sure. Where Which is what the U.S. needs right now. You're going to do it my way or you're not going to do it at all. Yeah. Um, I, I think he's a strong candidate. Um, Greg Vanny is at Toronto. Mm-hmm. Um, he looks to be a hell of a coach. Um, His tactics are something we haven't really seen before. He's taken 
the three-five-two approach um, and just absolutely knocked out of the park with Toronto. Okay. Um, yeah, Toronto's uh, Toronto's been unreal what they've been in the last couple of years. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. Um, so Vanny, Porter, Wagner. Um, you, you got Bearhalter as well. Um, he's another MLS coach who who could probably take the reins. I mean, honestly, Jesse Marsh from New York Red Bull. I mean, to be quite honest, just like our player pool for our players selection, mm-hmm. we got a pretty damn strong coaching pool as well that not a lot of people know that. Uh, to me, another guy, just because I know him, because I've been, I've been to so many Global City games, is James O'Connor, the, the coach there. That guy is as tough as nails. He is a very down-to-earth coach. The success he's had at Louisville City in the USL since he took over, you know they've been they've made it farther in the playoffs each year, ultimately winning the USL Cup this past year. Which again, we'll get to more in the USL in a little while. But to me, he's a guy at least maybe consider it. I'm not saying I'm by no means saying hey we shouldn't you know not do that, but still it's something I think. You know, we should consider. Definitely. Um, O'Connor, yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I'm not totally in tune with the USL. Sure. But what I can say about him from what I do know is, I mean, in the short period of time, in terms of here's a team, go out and play on the field, right? Yeah. Talk about the success in a short window. Oh, it's unbelievable. I mean... And they're playing on a baseball field, too. Yeah, it's it's really impressive what he's done. And so, like, you know, maybe not immediately, but I think there's a guy you definitely keep an eye on, for sure. I think, I, in my opinion, within within three years, if not shorter, he will have an MLS job. Or he'll have an MLS offer. Right. Um, and he maybe he's already gotten a couple, and maybe he just likes Louisville. I, I don't know. But I think he will because the success he's had, especially if Louisville continues the success this year off mm-hmm. of the USL Cup. So yeah. something to think about. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's talk about the women's team real quick, uh, the defending world champions, which was one of the most thrilling, thrilling things I've ever watched in my life. That final was so crazy when Carly Lloyd hit that full field shot. I mean, talk uh, about just being on fire. Oh, they were not losing that match. <laughs> they, 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 there, there was no more Mr. Nice Woman at that game, they just went in and said, I don't give a fuck what any of you think. We are not losing this fucking game. Today. To have that confidence. Oh. To be like, pull from midfield. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, we, we got it. And, you know, Jill Ellis, there's someone. She originally took over as an, as an interim. And I forget who the coach was before her. But he got fired after they had had, you know, relative success. And then they just said, okay, Jill, we want you to take over. And she goes and wins the World Cup. And, you know, do you, one thing that the women's team had some controversy here is, and I, and I do feel this, I feel they don't get the respect as much respect as the men. Now I understand that the men have issues they need to fix. Do you feel the women get disrespected though, compared to the men? Ah, disrespected is a tough word for me. Mm. Um, but do they get the attention they deserve? No, no, they don't. And I mean, you could, we could go on a you know rant of women's sports in general. Sure, absolutely. That, do they get the attention they need? Probably not. No, um, but I mean, you do get that. You know, when they're in a big tournament, 
they get their attention. Yes, they do. Yes, they, they do. do get their attention because they're damn good, and they win games, mm-hmm. and people support that. And would I like to see them really get the attention of the men? Yeah, I would, but I think that's just the societal that's, thing. I'd say that's, that, know, that's, that's a, nature of the United States. It is. Yeah, it, and I don't know if you can fix it, mm-hmm. but what you can do is just keep, you know, keep optimizing on those tournaments, on those Olympics. You know, when those come around, U.S. soccer, push it, push it, push it. Yes, you will get your attention then because everybody's watching. And especially now, if they're gonna when they're since they're gonna have a GM for both the men and the women, yeah. I think that will make both sides a lot better. Oh yeah, yeah absolutely. It, it, it divides some some decision making, which mm. helps. I, I completely agree there. And uh, the women, you know, they they've got some stuff. You know, Wombox gone. You know, a legend in her own right. Oh, I, I mean. Phenomenal. Hope Solo, you can say whatever you want about her. I supported her in the presidential election personally just because I wanted something very different. Um, and so I support her. You know, her attitude is something we could talk about for probably three days. But, you know, there, there are some changes. But the women did something or doing something that I think the men have to do. The women are going to a youth movement. Yes. They're they they, they have, they're going very, very young because you still have Alex Morgan who's in her 20s. Megan Rapinoe, though, is getting older, and she started to take less of a role. But you got uh, Crystal Dunn, who mm-hmm. is a phenomenal, phenomenal player, and so many other. Uh, Becky Sauerbrunn, who is still fairly young as well. And I think the women's team is still going to be one of the top teams in the world. But Germany is always very good. Now, uh, Sylvia Knight is no longer their manager. She stepped down. Sweden, uh, since um, uh, Pia Sundaga took over there, Sweden has been a thorn in our side. Yeah. They they have been a thorn in our side. Absolutely. They, they, re- they really have. So I think the women's team will be good, but a lot of other countries are really good at women's soccer too. But this, that sport is growing worldwide. Well, everybody's closing in. Yeah. It's the scary thing. Yep. Uh, and we saw it kind of, uh, was it Olympics? Olympics, yeah. yeah. We, got beat, we got beat in the shootout. Yeah. Yeah, the Olympics, it was a quick, quick out for our women, which was very like, whoa. But I think, again, it, just like U.S. soccer with the men not making the World Cup was a whoa moment. Yeah. That Olympic moment for the women were like, okay, we have to make a change. And they did. Yep. And they did make a change. They went with the youth movement, and now it's picking up just where yep. it left off. Exactly. Exactly. No question. Um, let's talk the presidential election. Carlos Cord- is it Cordero? Cordero, yeah. Cordero is the new president. He was kind of an establishment guy. What do you think of the hire? Well, I think it's important to note that the breakdown of the candidates in general. Okay. So it was of the basic perception, the general perception, that there were two groups of candidates. Mm -hmm. And you said it. You said you had the establishment of Kathy Carter and Carlos Cordero. Right. Right. And then you had, they called themselves the Agents of Change, uh, which was your former players. and Ronaldo. Yeah, Kyle Martino, Winata, Hope, Solo. Um, you had those candidates who were Agents of Change. And on the surface, it's really interesting. 
Carlos Cordero does look like part of the establishment, part of the old guard. But what's really interesting about him is he was brought into United States Soccer Federation as a completely independent advisor. Okay. Um, wasn't really associated with U.S. soccer at all. Um, he decided to run, actually, for vice president because he really didn't like the way the United States Soccer Federation was being ran. A lot okay. of people don't really know that side of the story. I'm, I didn't. And, and he decided to run as president before Gulati stepped down. And so Gulati, and this has been public, sure. Gulati and Cordero actually have their differences, mainly from when Cordero said, hey, I'm going to run for president sure. before he even stepped down. Okay. And so Cordero has run for this presidency really on a reform campaign. Um because he saw issues with how the old guard was running United States soccer. So he was part of the old guard of United States Soccer Federation. Mm -hmm. But in reality, if you hear some of the backstories, he pushed himself up mm -hmm. to that level of vice presidency and wanting to run for presidency because he wanted to change it. So that, I think that's important to note. And quite frankly, when I heard the news, I was pissed. I was too. I was like, what are we doing? Here we go again. And then I did my homework. My mom was a teacher. I should know to do homework. <laughs> I did my homework and I was like, okay, maybe this isn't so bad. And so where I'm at right now, my personal pick was Kyle Martino. Okay. I liked him a lot. Thought he had a really good campaign idea. Thought he had a really good practical idea of taking every single basketball court you saw in America. And this was literally a thing he said and preached. Taking every single basketball court you saw in America, whether it be the playground, uh, inside a, you know, a, a gym high gymnasium. Yeah, sure. You put an indoor goal beneath it. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. That's so, which is awesome. That's no, a that, really that good is idea. awesome. That is awesome. Um, but... You know, focusing on Cordero. Now where I'm at, after doing homework, after doing my research, I, after listening to a couple of podcasts of people who were there in Orlando at the election being held, mm. I was like, okay, I actually like this guy. Right. And, and, you know, and I didn't know that because I said on my podcast last week, I said, I don't like this hire. I said, because to me, this is too establishment. And... You know, we've seen on the surface it is, yeah, and, and we've seen elections of other things in the past where people have said no to the establishment, and uh, sometimes we see how things turn out there. But again, talk for another day. And but now that I'm hearing this, that does make me optimistic. The fact that we're going to have GMs for both men's and women's soccer, mm -hmm. and the fact that we're going to have all that, that makes me excited for the future. It really, really does, and I did not know that, and. Uh, you know, I, I appreciate this is why I'm here. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. I appreciate it, man. Oh, always so much fun. So Cordero, you know, he's taken over. Do you think when do you think the GMs will be hired and when do you think the head coach? Do you think they'll wait till the World Cup's over?
I think for your coaching hire, you do wait until the World Cup is over because maybe you get one of those coaches who just may be underperformed sure. and who's really damn good. Yep. Now, the GM, I think you need to do it quick, but you don't really have – you know, you don't have to wait for the World Cup to, to hire a GM. Um, there, are, there have been names dropped already. Um, Lager Way is, uh, I believe, either GM or president of – Soccer operations with Seattle Sounders. Mm-hmm. That organization speaks for itself. Oh, it's unbelievable. Unbelievable. <laughs> unbelievable. Um, he is a good candidate. Carlos Bocanegra, a former player for the United States men's national team and a huge part of what has been built in Atlanta. He is a GM with Atlanta. Um, he is a candidate who I'm like, yes, that's probably a good name to drop. Right. Um, so... GM hire, you know, you can take your time. Um, mm. I don't think you have to rush anything. Sure. But definitely, I think, wait for that World Cup to happen. And if, you know, we don't have an inside guy, a USA guy, who's really, like, blowing people out of the water for the job, sure, maybe you steal somebody. Mm. You know, you know, moving, you know, moving to the World Cup, I, I think this year – the World Cup of the United States. I, I do think the viewership in the United States will be terrible because the U.S. isn't in it. Let's just – I do think it will be. I think a lot of people will watch it. But, but I, I mean, It'll I think – lower. Well, yeah. Just, I mean, the fact is when the U.S. isn't in it, they're not – people aren't going to watch it. I still will because I love the game. Absolutely. Who is your pick to win it this year? Oh, my gosh. Or, or pick your top teams that you think have the best chance because I actually have my pick who I think will win. Well, it's hard to pick against Germany just because they're Germany. Yeah, I mean, they're they're unbelievable. I don't I don't have to give you tactics. I don't have to give you players. I don't really have to give you anything yeah. besides they're just they're Germany and they're they're, um, they're a machine. Argentina, no, I'm you're not off on Argentina. You're off on Argentina. I'm off on Argentina, Leo Lionel Messi is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. They just don't get it done in the big games. They really don't. Um, oh man. Portugal just came off that Euro, but that was a... That, they always seem to shrink in the That was a World pretty destiny-type mm-hmm. Euro win, I think. For uh, them. Which was unbelievable. That was so much fun. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. It, was, it was unbelievable. Ronaldo getting hurt coming off the field, and they still won it. Oh, crazy. Destiny. Um, God, I, Germany. You're going to go Germany? I, I mean, I have to just because... They're so loaded and they're so technical. They won't they won't blow by you, you know. They won't, you know, flash you with the Ronaldo dribbles, the Messi dribbles. But they'll just murder you with technical ability. They're like and the, intelligence. They're the equivalent to, and this is my favorite team, but they're the equivalent to what San Antonio used to always do. <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah. it was because they, they and they had because they had good players, but they didn't have yeah. any superstars. They just. They systematically beat you, and I think that's what Germany does. I'm actually going to pick Argentina. I, I I think this is the year Messi breaks through because he was so close last year. I, I do think this is the year Messi gets his. I, I really, I, I, and I from the stories I've read, I think Messi's a jerk, but the, the stories I've read, I, I could be wrong there. But I think this is the year he will get it back. But I, I'm torn. I, I just pick it because I, I think – Argentina is they're going to look at it revenge from the last World Cup because they, of course it was an extra time 
And Germany will be right there, too. I mean, I can very easily see a Germany-Argentina rematch. Here's what I'll tell you. Okay. Hot take alert. Okay. Messi has to win a World Cup to be the best player ever. Hmm. Right, right now, who do you th- right now, who's the best player ever to you? Oh, boy. I can think of a former Brazilian that was pretty good. Yeah, Pele. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Pe- Pele, Pele was pretty special, man. Uh, yeah. That's mine. That's probably mine. That's why people wear number 10 right now for him. Yeah, absolutely. Number 10 lives on. Um, best player right now, though, I mean, oof. I'm a Ronaldo guy. I, I love Ronaldo, man. <laughs> I, Ronaldo I, I, I do guy. love Ronaldo, man. I'd be so happy if he could win a World Cup. I'm a Ronaldo guy. I like I am. Let me tell you what. He's just such a good dude, too. Ronaldo is. I love him. I really he, do. he really is a great guy. So, Argentina, Germany, those are our picks. Um. Let's look at a USL MLS real quick. The USL is continuing to grow. An announcement we talked about it at the start of the podcast. Indy 11 is now in the USL. They awesome. Left, they left the NASL, which I believe will no longer be in existence in a couple it's, of years. Yeah, it's done. <laughs> they, yeah, they, they were denied. It was a Tier 2 status. They were denied by U.S. soccer. Yeah, so yeah. USL took over because it used to be flipped. It was an SA, NASL 2, USL 3. Yeah. USL got the 2. Mm. NASL didn't. Yeah. So to me, I think Indy 11 made the right decision oh. because let me tell you what. I've, have you ever been to an Indy 11 game? Yes. Those crowds are awesome. There. Yep. And they yep. sell out. They, they sold out that stadium, which is a beautiful stadium, by the way. Yep. And they, they led the NASL in attendance every year. And to me, I think it's a great, great, great move. Uh, I, I love the fact that it's in Lucas Oil Stadium. I wish they played more soccer games there, to be honest. Going to Lucas Oil is probably – the best decision they've made. And because it's just, it's going to build an atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And I understand that like Carroll stadium was home yep, and that's where they started. And it was kind of like our beautiful disaster, right? Yeah. Sure, <laughs> you sure. know what I mean, it wasn't pretty, but it was awesome. They, they did make and, the, they made the NASL finals. Right. Ago. Absolutely. And it, but playing in Lucas Oil is going to create such an atmosphere. And obviously, you're going to close off the the upper decks. Sure. Which is fine. I yeah. mean, a lot of people do it. Yeah. And there's no problem. Uh, but you, you're going to create an atmosphere of, of big time. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think was needed in Indy because they didn't get their stadium bid. They're trying to go big time. Yeah. But now you're going to get that big time feel, which is huge for them. And Carroll Stadium will still be available in case, like, there was there ever any conflicts. Because there is another team that does play in Lucas Oil Stadium, for those that aren't aware, um, that probably will use that occasionally. So, um, if they're good enough. Well, yeah. <laughs> that's a talk for another podcast. That's a talk for another podcast. So, um, I do love the new hire, though, by the Colts. I will say that. I, I love the new hire. Yeah. Um, um, but, to me, I think it's a great move. The USL, to me, now let's lead this into my next question. The Louisville City, unbelievable success. I've been to multiple Louisville City games. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my friend Carrington got me involved in those. Uh, I, I went <clears> with her family a lot, and I've gone with my friend Blake a lot. He really, really enjoyed them. Um, I haven't been in quite some time, but they won the USL Cup this year, mm-hmm. and it was a special, special, special environment to see. What I would personally like to see, and this is something that Jurgen Klinsmann said when he was the head coach of MLS – I think you and I, I think you and I spoke about this sometime. I for, 
uh, maybe not when y'all when you and Kelsey used to live out in North Vernon. I think you and I were talking about it one night when I was over there. Mm-hmm. And one thing I think needs to happen is USL and MLS need to get together and they need to put together relegation and promotion. I, I really do. I think you have to have that. What do you think? It's um, promotion and relegation is awesome. It's it's what uh, every big league. La Liga, English Premier League, Bundesliga, Serie A. Uh, I mean, they all do it. Yep. Um, but I think we have to understand where we're at as a soccer country in terms of our league, not talking national team. Um, we're a young league. I think we just celebrated our 20th yep. year anniversary was it, two yeah, years it was ago. 96 was the inaugural season. So, I mean, we're young. We're a young league. And... We have to understand where we are. So we're still asking investors and owners to buy into the league, to be, you know, new franchises. And so it's a very hard selling point to say, hey, David Beckham, buy a team, own a team under MLS funding, which that happens. Yeah. yeah. MLS helps their owners. But if you do poorly, your funding's out the door mm-hmm. and you're out of the big leagues. So you lose a ton of revenue. You lose a ton of rev- recognition. So at this time, I think it's very difficult to make that pitch. Um, we must become more established. Mm-hmm. And I think it's something to think about when we are a top league. Sure. In the world. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, I think we have to get through our growing pains, which great league, but we still have them. Mm-hmm. Um, we have to become a destination league. Right now, we're in like MLS 2.0 of becoming a selling league, which we can get into later when we discuss MLS. Yeah. But we really need to be a league of destination and then I think that's when we, you know, get with USL and say, okay, let's do this. So you think it's not the time for promotion relegation? No, not right now. Okay. Um, I think we have to stick with our playoff format. Which is great. Which let's is- let's give it, you know, 20 years. I'm only 26. I'm and then when we're talking about a professional league here, like, that is so it's beyond me, yeah. right? Like, how do you create that? How do you keep it going is insane, right? And so if you compare it, EPL, Bundesliga, they've been playing for oh how many years? Oh, over 70. Like, uh, they've been since you're in 1900s. I've got to say, it's been some since the late so 1900s. Yeah. I think we have to wait. Okay. I like the idea, but I think at a later time. All right. All right, fair enough. Um, I think it would just be fun to see it, and but I, and you know you make some good points there. I mean, because people people don't realize how young of a league we are. I mean, people say twenty years is whatever, but how long has the National Football League been around? <laughs> exactly, exactly. I mean, how long has the NBA been around? Right, how long has right, right. how long has Major League Baseball been around? So it's things like that you got to look at. Um, let's discuss MLS mm-hmm. um, and the MLS. It continues to grow each and every year. It is so so great to see. The MLS continue to grow. Uh, Don Garber, I think, is a phenomenal commissioner. I, do too. I, I, I think he is so great. I think the fact that that MLS and the Players Association they continue to have a great collective bargaining agreement every year. Um, you see expansions. You see Atlanta. You see Orlando. Yep. Orlando. You see 
Vancouver, you see Seattle, Portland. I mean, so many other great places on New York City FC. Yep. So talk about what you think MLS, what changes you think MLS still needs to make. Yep. And what do you what what what, what cities do you see getting an MLS team in the future? Well, first of all, let's I want to start with a little story, and it was honestly like a couple weekends ago where um, I have a group of friends who we play FIFA four or five times a night. Sure. We have watch parties for MLS teams. Um, we talk about all things soccer. I mean, it, like I'm sure your wife appreciates that. Yeah, she loves it. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, I was talking to them, and it, we're in the heart of the EPL. Yeah. MLS is off season, right? Yeah, yeah. They're not playing. Mm-hmm. We're in the heart of EPL. We're in the heart of Bundesliga, La Liga, all the big leagues. Mm-hmm. And I was watching EPL, and I was telling them, I was like, man, I love the EPL. So it's so unbelievable. It's probably the best league in the world. Those, oh, it's awesome. Amazing league, but I'm like, you know what? I kind of miss the sloppiness and the speed and the 4-3 scores in MLS. Because honestly, it is fun. It may not be beautiful. Sure. But it is the beautiful game. It may, it may not be pretty, but the MLS is fun. And honestly, I cannot wait for it to start. Like, honestly, that's just like, I realized that. I was like, wow, I'm like really like... Well, well, th- I'm yearning well, well, for it. Well, think about this, too. One a comp- common complaint that a lot of people have about soccer in the United States is that there's not enough scoring. So, in a sense, when you do have MLS scores of 4-3, yeah. 5-4, that can get fans heavily yeah. interested. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I actually think it's good. It's a quick game. It's a, it's one of the fastest games. And we can get into, like, terminology and we can get into statistics of how, many, how much distance players are covering in a game and how fast they're running, which is totally boring. We don't want to do that. Yeah. But if you watch the games, if you were to take the EPL game and let's put it on this TV and let's take an MLS game and put it on that TV, the speed that you're going to see is so obvious. Mm-hmm. Now, like I said, is it pretty? Not all the time. No. But it is so fast and the scoring is in abundance. So for us American fans, it really is like a perfect little marriage. But what MLS needs to do to get better, as you said, your original question I think we're at such an interesting time right now. Um, What I believe we need to do, and this is like crazy to think about because you have all these historical clubs uh, doing the right thing for many years. Mm -hmm. Everybody has to hop on Atlanta United's back and they have to do exactly what Atlanta United's doing down there in the South Mm because it is absolutely unbelievable what they're doing. So, we have to chase the young, promising players around the world. Right now, they're focusing on South America, mm-hmm. which is a hot bed. Oh, yes. It hot is. bed. And so we we get those younger players. We chase them. We bring them in. We mold them. You know, coach them up a little bit. Mm-hmm. So we buy them for around 10, 12 mil, just like Atlanta's doing. Mm-hmm. Keep them for a few years. Miguel Amarone for... Atlanta United is already pushing up to around a $25 million transfer fee right now. Wow. Who they brought in for around 10. So we have to be comfortable with moving into a selling league. Mm-hmm. The MLS has always been like a kind of a retirement. Re- you have that, you know, that yeah. retirement league, um, a bunch of 
homegrown, you know, American players that nobody knows about. We have to become a selling league. You bring these players in, mm-hmm. you sell them to bigger clubs, and when you're selling, you automatically create a relationship with an EPL club, a Bundesliga club, a La Liga club, who are going to be more apt to work with you at a later time if you know you're selling this awesome player to them. So after you become a selling league, which we are like right at the beginning of, sure, we are turning that direction. And if everyone follows Atlanta's footsteps, which is very difficult, but I think people need to really push for it. After so long of becoming a selling league, you get this influx of money. You get these influx of promising young players that it all kind of congelates together. And before you know it, in 10 years, you're a destination league. Everybody wants to come play for you. Oh, wow. So, I mean, it, and then you get to the point where you're competing with the EPL. You're competing with Bundesliga. You're competing with the best leagues around the world. If you're comfortable with a 10-year time frame of being a selling league, and then we're off to the races right. as a league. And I, I honestly think we're going. Mm-hmm. I think that league is going to be a top five league in the next eight years. You think MLS will be a top five league? Yes. Interesting. And, you know, to me, though, I think that's what it needs. Because right now, when people talk about professional sports in the United States, you have the big four. You have baseball, football, basketball, and hockey. I've always said to all my friends, I said, I think MLS is going to be up there. I think MLS will make it. We'll make, we'll make that big five. And I think there are a lot of places that will be more inept to get behind soccer than they would hockey because not every place has hockey. I didn't grow up watching hockey. Right. So I think something like soccer, really, that's something I think that could become not only a – I mean, that could become one of the more popular sports in I think the, it's coming. In the country. I really do. I think basketball and football is a set in stone. Well, I mean – Always going to be yeah, there. Yeah. But I think they can take that three. I think they can beat baseball because there are a lot of people that don't like baseball. They can take that number three mm-hmm. spot. And, and, you know, to me, there are, like I said, the fact that it just keeps expanding so many places, a place that I personally think will get the next expansion team is Cincinnati. Because if you ever yep. see a, you see a, an FC Cincinnati game, they made it all the way to the semifinals of the Lamar Hunt U.S. Open yep. Cup this year. Yep. Lost an extra time to the New York Red Bulls. Mm-hmm. That place was nuts. 20,000 people there packing that stadium, and I've been to that stadium. It, it is scary mm-hmm. how many people they fit in there. That place is loud. To me, they've got everything set for an MLS program right there. Well, I was um, – I'm one for two on Twitter right now. Okay. <laughs> I called my shot when uh, they said two teams were going to be announced. Okay. I said my absolute lock of the century for one of them was Nashville. Which got it. Give it to them. I knew that was happening. And they got them in, correct? Yep, they're in. And they just started their first USL season. And then next season, they're going to MLS. And then I said my next team, my number two, will be Cincinnati. I agree. To have that environment at a USL Division II level is unheard of. Louisville's wonderful. Indy's wonderful. When you're talking about atmosphere... 20,000 people? I mean... It blew oh. Indy and Louisville out of the water. Oh, I mean, 
it, it's. I mean, it makes it puts fans to shame when they go there. Yeah, and and I, you heard it on the broadcast on ESPN um, during that U.S. Open Cup game against New York Red Bull. You had Taylor Twelman um, with Adrian. Nope, not Adrian Heath. Adrian no. Healy. Healy, yeah. Um, they are MLS broadcasters. Yes. And Taylor Twelman was very clear in saying, the only time I have felt this at a U.S. Open Cup match was when I was when when I was in Seattle <laughs> watching the Seattle Sounders at home. And that's that's. Compare that. I mean, Seattle. I mean, you want to talk about rabid fans for soccer? You're talking about MLS fans. You're, that's the mecca. Yeah, Seattle. Is, and you're comparing FC Cincinnati to the mecca, which has only been in the USL for two years. Exactly. Um, they have the atmosphere. They have the talent. They have the team. I mean, that team's good. Oh, they are. They're um, real good. Made it to the semifinals of the yeah, USL this year. Uh, two years. Yeah. Um, and I really do think if you look at their location. It's almost perfectly placed. Because it's only, for, even for people like us, because it's, what, an hour and a half drive for us? Well, I'm talking about MLS in general. Well, us, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah, I mean. But, like, MLS, they if they can, like, find that Midwestern niche, because they have a few, but if they can really get the Midwest involved in soccer, I mean, the West is good. The East is good. Settled, right? Mm-hmm. If they can get that Midwestern fandom going, and I think FC Cincinnati could push that. I think it's not only good for FC Cincinnati to get an MLS team. I think it's good for MLS to give Cincinnati an MLS team. Because you think about it, those fans would get behind FC Cincinnati because I'm a Reds fan, and the Reds have been rather disappointing the last couple years. I think the future is bright, for the record, but in the Bengals, well, they're the Bengals. And I think the soccer team is something that those fans rally behind. And you really see, you really see how rabbits, there is something special and you and I know this, but standing in a cheer block, a cheer section at a soccer game, y'all, there is nothing like that. No, no, there's nothing. You can go to any tailgate you want. You can go to any NFL game. NBA game, you can go to LA, you can sit with the stars in Hollywood. There's nothing oh. like a soccer tailgate and a soccer match when you're in that oh. cheering section. Oh my goodness, man. It is bananas. <laughs> and it doesn't matter what we, MLS, USL, NASL, uh, FIFA, when you are there, man, that, I mean, that is crazy. Yes. It's there. a hell of an experience. It, that's for sure. I, and this year, the USA Mexico game was my first experience ever at an, inter, at an international game. Oh, man. And um, I was not in the cheer section, which was fine with me. I'm not an American outlaw. Probably should. Yeah, I'll get you those details. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate it, buddy. Uh, I remember, it was funny, speaking of the American outlaws, because you were in Nashville for a game. Correct. Right? Was it for the Gold Cup, a gold yep. cup opener? Yep. And I remember I saw your wife post something on Facebook about her. She met one of the commentators. Yeah, uh, Stuart, Stuart Holden. Stuart Holden. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it was something about like double fisting or yeah, something. Yeah, Stu was holding two boobs. <laughs> 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 he was at the pre, pre-night party for the American Outlaws. Oh, my God. And him and Landon Donovan rolled in. Oh, my God. Yeah, and so, like, Kels got a picture with Stu, and uh, he was double fisting. Well, 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 he was awesome. Man. My, 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 fr- my friend Liz was down there with... 
um, with her boyfriend, and she walked by that that bar and saw everything going on, and she texted me, and she's like, why the fuck are so many soccer fans here? <laughs> and I said, I said, well, there's kind of an important soccer game there tomorrow. That's that's so incredible, though. I, I, do, I do need to be a, become a part of the American. I do, I do need to. I mean, yeah. I think there's a lot of things there. And I think this all speaks to MLS and U.S. soccer, uh, you know, kind of as a whole. It is growing, mm. and it is coming. And if you don't like soccer... You better get on board. Yeah. <laughs> seriously, seriously, do it. And we've seen all the effects. It's it's a trickle down effect. You see how popular it's getting with professionals. You see high school teams getting soccer teams because again, IHSA now up to three classes in soccer. You still want to be single class when you and I were there. Mm-hmm. Now up to three. You see so many teams. I hear so many middle schools. I was at a ref meeting earlier in the week. You hear so many middle schools getting teams now. Because they want to feed into their high schools. Mm-hmm. And it's so crazy to think about. And I think it all trickles down from the top. Because they see how how popular it is. They see how great it is. And suddenly it, suddenly everyone else in the country sees that. And it, it it's going to grow. I, I mean, I'm with you. People don't realize how how well, how popular this sport is going to be in a couple of years. Yeah. Will it pass the NFL? I don't think so. No. And I don't think it has to. No, no, no. I don't think it has That's to. That's the other thing. I don't think it has to. And I don't think it has to. People can say whatever they want about the ratings this year. I mean, the NFL is still the NFL. I mean, right. it, it is. Um, the NBA, the NBA is star-studded. I mean, they, they have, I mean, they're worldwide superstars. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that's its own way. But I'm with you. I think it could pass baseball. Yep. Because here's, here's my thing. Here's my compared to baseball. When the World Series is on, I don't always watch the World Series. I, I don't. I genuinely don't. Now, I watched this year because I was rooting for the Astros, obviously, with everything that happened in Houston. But when the NBA Finals are on, people watch. Yep. When the Super Bowl happens, people watch. When the World Cup happens, people watch. Absolutely. But not everyone watches the World Series. So, <clears> watch <throat> out, baseball fans. The so- Soccer is coming for you. It really is. <laughs> it's it, coming in hot. <laughs> it um, anything else, soccer-wise, you want to touch on while we're here? Oh, man. Uh, so much to talk about. I don't know. I mean, I, honestly, I could like go on for days. I really could. And uh, I guess, you know... Just a parting word is go watch a soccer game. Please. Absolutely. Um, if you go to USL, you know, go to Cincy, go to Louisville, go to Indy, go watch it. If you get a chance to go watch our national teams, women, men, wow. go watch it. Go get involved in the tailgate. Um go to um an American Outlaw bar. You don't have to be a member. If you literally Google American Outlaw bars, go watch a game there. The atmosphere around soccer is a wild one. Mm-hmm. It's fierce. Yes. But I've never seen a group come together in a more friendly way when they're rooting for their team. I, it's ELE, man. It's everybody love everybody. I've never seen anything like that because mm-hmm. it can be crazy, but everybody is just – they're together. It's special. And, and, and I agree with you there, too, because um, I'm going to tell you a quick story. Um, and I think it's not only our fans. I think at times it can be opposing fans. When I was at the – when we were at the USA-Mexico game, obviously you were with the Outlaws. I said – and pretty – I had great seats for, for the game. My friend Adam and I went, who's also a soccer referee. He owns the radio station of BB. Um, he and I um, – of course, this happened – three days after the presidential election, which, of course, Donald Trump won the, won Absolutely. the, won the, won the presidency. Obviously, there were some hostilities between 
uh, Trump supporters and, you know, Hispanics. But one thing I noticed there was myself, I talked to so many Mexican people there, Hispanic people there, and they could not have been nicer people to me. They were cheering for the team, but when we left, I high-fived them all, shook all their hands and said, hey, great game, great match. And we all just, we were, we had a beer together. They, yep. they were great people to be around. Yep. I have a very similar story. We were walking into the game, and at that time, you're like, you're hyped. I mean, yeah. you're, you're ready to, you know, just explode with emotion and, and, and just excitement for the game. Right. And we're walking right by a group of Mexican fans, mm-hmm. Mexico fans who are Mexican. Sure. Um, and, you know, you would think with the, the tensions of our larger world and the rivalry, things could be said that maybe, you know, could get a little fight started or something. But, you know, I started off with a, hey, you know, let's go, let's have a good game. And, you know, they come back with, a, oh, we love it, let's go, you know, like, let's, <laughs> let's, let's party, let's rock. And so, they, you know, they, they throw me over a Modelo. Oh, I love Modelo. They throw me over a <laughs> Modelo, and they're like, you drank? And I was like, hell yeah. And so we <laughs> yeah. pop beers together, like literally, like pop beers together and like drink them. And it was just like, and that just goes to show, like, it, like you said, it's not just your team who come together as one. It, it's really a very special atmosphere that in other sports i don't think you really see um so go watch it go get involved go watch at a bar it's special and you will you will be amazed your eyes will be completely opened for the record i've talked to a lot of guys about soccer and the fact that this guy really just fell in love with soccer when we were freshmen is pretty crazy to me because I've ref soccer for years and you already know a hell of a lot more about it than I do. <laughs> Just saying, man. Well, I appreciate you joining me. Um, got a little something I want to do here. I'm gonna I do this with all of the guests that come on my show. It's called Jaber's Quota. Um, just some just some personal questions, just that way the listeners get to know you a little cool. bit um, and whatnot. Um, answer them honestly, answer them lie. I don't give a shit. <laughs> um, all right, secret talent. Secret talent. Oh man, can I give you two? Sure. <laughs> um, I could sing a little bit and I could dance. <laughs> really? I did not see that at your wedding. Uh, <laughs> I didn't dance at your wedding either. That wouldn't have been good. Uh, favorite beer? Ooh, gosh. Okay. Well, beer, I believe, has to be put into two categories. I agree. Right. Okay. Um, my, you know, really quality beer that you sit down and you're like just roll it, enjoy it yeah you're enjoying it um three floyd's alpha king i've never heard of that uh craft beer it's a craft brewery up around uh, the chicago area okay i can't i mean the brewery is three floyd's but yeah. I, I can't remember the location but wonderful beer three floyd's alpha king okay. um and then you got your let's party beer <laughs> yeah yeah and man I'm all in on Bushlight. <laughs> oh, you're like my older brother. God damn it. <laughs> Do you have a favorite alcoholic drink other than beer? Or, or, are, you just a, or are you just a beer guy? Man, that's tough. But I honestly, I, I'm i a classic. I'm an Irishman. Um, uh, I, I love a Jameson and Sprite. Jameson and Sprite? Oh. Yeah, just that's it. Those two, I, boom, boom. I, I blame your wife for this. My favorite sex on a beach. And I blame your wife. Oh, that sounds weird. Not like that. God. Kelsey, turn off the podcast. Kelsey, turn it off now. Not what I meant. God damn it. 
<laughs> not what happened, all right? It was, out, it was out in Las Vegas. She ordered one, and I got one for free. So, Kelsey, I apologize for how that sounded. Jonesy, all right. All right, let's go here. If you could have a superpower, what would it be? Oh, my gosh. Um, superpower, what would it be? Oh, man. Tough question, I know. Dude, I, I got to go. Okay. I got to go with flash speed. Ooh, okay. It's so like ultimate speed, like the flash. Okay. Right? The superhero flash. Mm-hmm. I got to go there. Heat vision for me. Okay. Heat vision. Favorite animal? Ooh. Cheetah. Ooh, okay. Mine, coincidentally enough, is actually a bald eagle. I, a lot of people thought it'd be, I, I love bald eagles. America. I, I mean, it, 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 it's, it's not only that. I just think they're gorgeous. I just think they're gorgeous animals. I love the bald eagle. Biggest pet peeve. That's tough. And I'm really surprised that I can't think of one. Let's it's, come back to it. Okay, sure, absolutely. Um, biggest regret in your life? Regret in my life. If you have any, if you don't have any, then screw it. We'll continue. Oh, yeah, not playing soccer. Not playing soccer. All right. Absolutely. All right, excellent. Favorite. Personal sports memory. So your favorite memory of sports that you were in. Mm. It could be high school, little league, college, whatever. Oh man. I I gotta say, um Gunner Keel, Columbus East. Yeah. Um yep. had a pretty good went to Ball State career. No, no, went to uh Notre Dame. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the dude who went to Cincinnati. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. Or am I gonna name wrong? No, it's Gunner Keel. It's Gunner Keel. Yeah, Gunner Keel. Uh, my senior year, intercepted two of his passes. Really? Yes. I'll be darned. Not many people did that. <laughs> it was awesome. He, 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 he was a special player. He really was. Favorite sports moment of one of your favorite teams? Oh, it's easy. Way easy. Um, 2004, Boston Red Sox make the... Uh, impossible comeback on the New York Yankees and the American League Championship Series. And I'll end up with the World Series, too. Break the Crystal Gambino. Oh, gosh, man. I I think I'm about to cry. <laughs> I, I, I remember Joe Buck's I remember Joe Buck's, uh, I remember Joe Buck's call. The curse is finally over. The Red Sox are world champions. Oh, God. Um, for, me, for me, personally, um, I would probably say... For me, I would probably say when Kentucky won in 2012, because I I had seen Kentucky win in 96 and 98, but to me, after Coach Calipari had just, you know, he got a lot of criticism, and it had been so long since Kentucky had been at the top of the mountain, the fact that they finally got there, uh, it was pretty special to see. I'm not going to pick Spurs in 2014 because the Spurs won five, so at that point, (laughs) I was used to the Spurs winning championships (laughs) at that point. Um, Okay. Sports team or teams – that make you ill to see succeed. <laughs> Why do I have a sinking feeling? I know what's coming here. Uh, you might be surprised, honestly. Okay. Uh, Purdue. They were losing by three last time I checked. Good. Yeah. In Louisville. Really? I can't stand them. I'm surprised I didn't hear another team from Kentucky on that list. You know what? I. Game recognized game. <laughs> I yeah. mean, come on. Kentucky, de- Kentucky didn't have much game this year. <laughs> right, right, right. We, we, we could talk about well, that. Well, we already talked yeah. about Yeah, we, we talked about this on Facebook the other night. <laughs> IU and Kentucky going to make a hell of an IT, man. We'll, we'll go. I'll, I'll buy a beer. Um, uh, to, to me, Louisville is it's, it's Louisville and the Golden State Warriors. 
I can't say the Golden State Warriors. I can see that. And uh, yeah, damn polar. Yeah, they, they are. They, they really are. So that. Um, if you were stranded on a desert island, what three items would you want? Oh man. Well, if we're stranded on a desert island, cell phone's not gonna work. So I gotta go like definitely a canteen of water. Okay. You know, uh, definitely try to ration. Maybe even build like a little filter system too. Sure. When you get done with the canteen, make it turn it into mm. a filter system, right? Yeah. Uh, to to filter out salt water. Okay. Um, mm. Canteen of water. I'm gonna go probably like a like a crossbow or something. Okay. No hunt. Yeah, hunt. Yeah, you go get a crossbow, hunt, um, get your food, and then I would probably say you can definitely give me a shirt. Mm. You know, sure. give me a shirt. Sure. All right. Um, something that we should be paying more attention to in society. Oh boy. Society as a whole? Just like something, you know, that, you know, whether it be political, whether it be, you know, anything else, something that we, though, should be paying more attention to, something that you feel is something that desperately needs to be addressed. Can I throw it back to soccer? Sure. We have to pay attention to our own Hispanic community in America when it comes to soccer. I agree. We have to make sure they feel inclusive. We, we really do, and uh, it's a it right now in our system, and, and it's it's not to say it's you know a racist system or anything like that. It's just very exclusive, and it's very difficult for. And you you you, you can say Hispanics, you can just say minorities. Mm-hmm. Let's pay attention to the minority soccer population in our country. It's very difficult. It's very hard for them to get the opportunities that a lot of privileged. You know, kids. It, 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 you know, whether whether you like it or not. I mean, the facts are, it has been for the most part in America a white male, a white uh, sport. Yeah. It really has been. So I, I agree with you. If you could go back in time and talk with someone, who would it be? Back in time and talk with someone. Could be sports. Could be anything related. Well, that's tough. Especially when you got sports and you got just in general. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say I would like to go back in time and, and talk to Muhammad Ali. Ooh, that's a good one. Um, obviously, the boxing, that goes without saying. But what he did politically, what he did you know, in the mm. society realm of our country, what he dealt with. Um, how he was treated. Oh, was awful. Awful. How when a lot of people don't really understand that in this day and age, yeah. I would like to go back and pick his brain about a lot of things, not sport related. <laughs> See, for me, it's not, it's not a sports room for me, Mr. Rogers. Um, <laughs> and I, and yeah. I mean that because to me, he was someone I feel was just a great human being, mm-hmm. just, just an overall great human being. One of the last genuine human beings you really ever saw. And, uh, uh, he's someone I really would love to just sit down and talk with. Right. I mean, he had that effect on people, and you know, you see him growing up. So I'm gonna go, Mr. Rogers. Um, what current television show would you want to star on or host? Oh man, 
Well, one, I might give you two or so. One, oh, I would love to be on The Flash. Okay, all right, all right. <laughs> right? Because right. that's my superpower. I like to take that role. Um, Peaky Blinders. Ooh, I really see myself on that one. And then uh, True Detective, which does have a current season, mm-hmm. but it's you know kind of still in the the sphere here in recent TV. Mm-hmm. So that'd be really cool. ESPN first take. <laughs> okay. ESPN first take. Um, something on your bucket list. Oh. Go watch USA and the World Cup. Excellent. I have a feeling I know what this answer will be. Proudest moment of your life. Proudest moment of my life. I'm going to give you two, but they're related. Okay. All right. One was marrying my best friend. I'm pretty sure that you better answer (laughs) that one. (laughs) Marrying my best friend, obviously. And then the second was like, um, when I was saying bye to my parents on my wedding night, the look in their eyes of just like pride and like how proud they were, you know, of me and just like I could see it and I could feel it and it was just really cool. Buddy, this has been fun, hasn't it? Yeah, I mean, it, well, it's a nat, it's a natural thing to just talk soccer. I mean, yeah. I, literally, yeah. I could sit here for hours. <laughs> okay, here's the problem though. I gotta come. I gotta go sit in that seat in a couple hours. So yeah, uh, I gotta be at work. <laughs> all right. Well, buddy, thank you very much. I appreciate all your help, and uh, we'll be talking soon, all right? Absolutely. All right, big thanks to Taylor Shaw for stepping in on the J-Bear podcast this week. I'll be back with you next week. Don't forget, uh, March Madness coming up here very soon. Plus, next week, we're going to be talking HSA Boys Basketball Sectional uh, Basketball as um, all of the area teams will will know where, uh, when, and whom they will be playing on Sunday because the draw is held on Sunday. Go Southwestern! Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, as a Shaw grad is hosting this, um, <laughs> no, I mean, I, I wish I wish all of our local teams nothing but the best. But we'll be talking about that and much more. So, Taylor, thank you very much again, buddy. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. All right. Thanks very much for listening. You've been listening to J-Bear Podcast episode number three.